up and he says it's because his he's stressed because his brother has cancer like you should have murdered me you know <laughs> i i wasn't i was a one night stand okay his contact information wasn't even my phone like it would have been bar hawkeye but now it's bar brother cancer no, and he could have said anything else. He could have just been like, it's the whiskey, or my dick is racist, uh, you know, but he chose to be completely honest, um, which is kind of disappointing. And I, you know, I, I did want to be supportive, so I was like, so your, your brother, you know, does his dick work? Um, but no, I, I obviously didn't say that. But you know, you might feel bad for him, but I feel like I was hoodwinked because I was 22 when he was 34. Like he, he knew, like he saw me and he was like, she's young, I can waste her time, you know? And that's what he did because having sex with him was like making a sandcastle because his dick kept slipping through my fingers. Okay, thanks guys. Cover the sing, yay. I always like to call that um, a bubblegum garbage party when you're trying to suck their dick and nothing's happening and it's just like, what's happening here? It's a bubblegum garbage party. What is that too? Is that too much? <laughs> is I... <clears throat> I... No, that's, there used to be a show here um, called Bubblegum Garbage Party. And I don't know if that was the derivation of the meaning, but that's what I attribute it to. So it's not just a bunch of words shoved together, everybody. Jumble around in your mouth. Your next comedian, what a funny young man, and it's so lovely to see him here. Clap your hands together for Ian Langland. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? What's up, everybody? Uh, it's good to be here. I've noticed um, I'm Gen Z. Is anybody else Gen, Gen Z? Yeah, Gen Z. I, uh, Anytime I run into anybody uh, in my parents' generation in their 60s and 70s, they always treat me like I'm the ambassador of my entire generation. They ask me very specific questions. They'll, they'll come up to you, they'll be like, Ian, why is everyone non-binary? And I'm like, I don't know, Grandma. Can you just make the turkey? Let's get to business. They think I have all the answers. It's not, that's not how these things work, you know? It's just like, I don't have the answers to everything. But then if I don't understand something from their time, they get very mad at me, you know? Like, what time I got called mentally disabled for not knowing the lead actor of Gilligan's Island? That felt very excessive. I'm not caught up on 1960s pop culture, okay? I'm not gonna get that shit. And then, I, and then the flip is like, I'll explain them technology. And it like, blows their mind, you know? Like, it just is insane to them. It's like, why do I have to know your time, but you don't have to understand my time? I don't get that. My dad was like, Ian, if I send you a hashtag, can the world see it? No. Why are you sending hashtags in the first place through text? It's, there's, it's a very confusing thing that you're doing. I think that that's stupid. And then you'll call them out, and they get very defensive. They get very macho. They'll be like, oh, sorry, I come from a time where we worked hard, okay, where we did not have seatbelts, and our fathers abused us. And we lived under constant threat of a nuclear holocaust as serial killers were in the street. I'm like, that sounds fucking awful. What are you even talking about? Um, <laughs> it, it's always funny 
is I mean, it was such a long time ago. The way people talk about like old Hollywood, like 1950s Hollywood, is so funny to me. Because it's like they'll just like, re- like, like they'll talk about like the most heinous crime ever, and they'll be like. That was Hollywood, you know? They'll be like, yeah, you know, uh, Cary Grant used to down a bottle of vodka and puke it back out onto Kim Novak, but that was Hollywood, baby. I don't know what I'm going to do with that joke. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, anyway, let's get to it. I, uh, I I don't like... Whenever, anything so, whenever something bad happens to you or like a family member and people reach out, they always go, if there's ever anything you need, don't hesitate to reach out. You guys know about that? It's just bullshit because they, they don't mean it. They don't mean that statement, but they just say it to make themselves feel better, you know? Like, my grandma passed away, and nobody brought me the eight ball of cocaine I was asking for. I was like, Mima would have wanted this. Come on, guys. Be fucking cool, dude. What they do, what they do, like, if you don't really give them an answer, they bring food. You know, you know about that? They just bring you food, so it's like you don't have to cook, I guess. But it's like, that's not really gonna help sometimes you know like i don't think anyone's ever been eating an oatmeal raisin cookie and thought wow this is so great i almost forgot that i have lupus this is just delicious i need a better i need i need a better i need a better disease yeah everybody just come on keep talking (laughs) i wasn't in the middle of a joke I don't even want to continue anymore. That was it. I, there was a whole rhythm. It's done now. I, I'm done. Bye. I, 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 it was, I was in the rhythm. It's gone. Oh, no, I feel really bad. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No. Oh. I feel so sad now. I ruined this joke night. I'm such a jerk. I'm really sorry, Ian. I feel terrible. I bet we're, you know, your mustache. I've had to, I had to say something at some point. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. You know I love you. No, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm jealous. I just, I wish I could grow one of such uh, girth. Um, <laughs> your next comedian. You're next. I'm sorry. I, I've, 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 I'm losing my mind. You guys know that, right? It's okay. Your, um, your next comedian is new to the room, and I'll see if I get their name correct. Put your hands together, everybody, for Spencer. <laughs> I know there's another one. Um, I'm Gen Z, so I'm trans. Get with it. I'm non-binary, and I don't know, you must not be in the group text. We all are. Um, I use he and they pronouns. I go by Spencer. I actually used to come to this room a lot in high school when the stage was over there. And that's before I transed, so it's different now. I go by Spencer. I was at a different open mic, and a woman came up, and she was like, is that your real name? Which, obviously, she's asking if it's my legal name. And I don't want to admit, no, it's not. So I said... It's real to me. <laughs> Which is just kind of how names work. <laughs> was hoping for the best. You might be able to hear it in my voice. I've been on testosterone for almost four months. It's really exciting. It's also a controlled substance and a steroid, so I have to like show my ID every time I get it. And I've been going to the gym a lot. 
I'm on a steroid, I can't waste that. I gotta use that while I can. It's mostly been the same for my muscles, but there's one thing that's a little bit different. Like I can't quite, I mean I'm doing it fine now, but it's like I just can't put the toilet seat down anymore. Men told me life in society would be so much harder, but I guess I never listened. Ugh. I, um, I came out in college after I came to mutiny in high school, and um, I was a physics major at the time. I had a professor told m tell me that he was sad he lost a woman in STEM. I hope they find her in there. That sounds terrifying. That really does. I had one thing I was going to say. I'm going to check my notebook. Now that I feel more masculine, I'm more comfortable enjoying feminine things like true crime. I thought for a while, I really did think I was a woman growing up because I thought womanhood was like being harassed and being catcalled and putting too many exclamation points in emails. And I can still do that. And, you know, I am still, when I'm outside, nervous about being harassed and catcalled. And also, I'm nervous that I won't be harassed or catcalled because that means that I'm ugly. So I strike the middle ground where I'm just nervous. I was on the way here. I don't even believe it. I was driving. I was on the way here. And a guy saw me from his car. He yells, hey. He yells, hey, you need to stop at the red light. You almost hit a biker. Does that ever work for him? Does he ever get women that way? Men just don't know how to talk to people they see as women. It's, it's really ridiculous. It's a tragedy. Um, thank you for being patient. My parents also talk a lot about like the nuclear war. It's a definitely a generational thing. There's also Thanksgiving. I saw a lot of like nasty political stuff. It seems like people hate trans people more than they used to. Maybe I'm just more aware of it, but I, you know, for my self-care, I don't look at the news during the day at all. It's about mental health. I do it at night when I'm tired, maximum damage to my psyche. It's all about efficiency. I, you know, I've, there's this idea that I think a lot of older women have that, like, people are transing out of womanhood because of misogyny, which doesn't quite make sense to me because the people who hate women are gonna also have a problem with non-binary people. You don't get out of it that way. Like they're not gonna see a they, he next to my name and be like, oh, so you can drive. <laughs> Nobody has that reaction. That's not what we're talking about. I, um, the real reason I'm tran trans is just to stop women from passing the Bechdel test. All my friends I've had since elementary school doesn't count. Um, I've been in a relationship for a little over four years, not a dating app, just met him in college, and there's a special term for when you start dating someone before you transition. It's very online. I don't know if you're on that part of the internet. And so I would say I'm with my boyfriend for now, and uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> after top surgery and all that. I've, I did grow up here, and now I live in LA, and I'm still on my dad's health insurance. And yeah, no, it's a relief. It's a big one. And I'm worried that he is going to see the surgery on the insurance bill, which means I'm going to have been in LA for just a few months and already getting plastic surgery. 
Oof, that's embarrassing. Okay, I'll end it quick. Um, my brother is a Make-A-Wish kid. My brother actually has cancer, like for real. And also for the joke, I asked his permission before I tell it. He made a full recovery. Yes, except he is conservative. They, they say the red wave is dying out, but I can tell you it's just in remission. And <laughs> he asked Make-A-Wish for a car. They said no because a car is unsafe. Apparently they have, the Make-A-Wish Foundation has rules about what gifts you can get for safety. He originally asked for a trip, but they weren't doing like plane trips abroad. What did Make-A-Wish do? Did they send a kid on that one flight to Malaysia? Like what has happened to the Make-A-Wish kids that they have had to make rules about where the money goes? Like, ah, oh, someone went to the zoo. Well, at least he got to feed the alligators. You know, like that, I worry about it. That has been the light. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be back. Keep your hands clapping together for Spencer. Yay, that was very funny. Uh, hey, we've got another comedian who's new to the room, so clap your hands in a wild slappy like motion, everybody, for Ross. Yay! I'll be selling merch after the show. <laughs> you know what really fucking sucks? His real nickname is The Banana, and he threw me under the bus for that bit. How weird that there's, like, this love connection, like, your brother had cancer, that's her type. Um, <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? I, I, I live in L.A., but I'm, I'm back home for the Thanksgiving holiday. Grew up in Marin County and apparently couldn't find a mic that's closer than the Mission District, so... I'm here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, Thanks for the welcome back. Um, interesting that we have to like grow up to find out how fucked up our friends' parents were as kids. Like, uh, you know, you grow up and like your kids are, your friends are like weird or whatever. Like you go over to someone's house, you're like, this house smells funny. And you go back, you're like, they were cooking meth. Like that's what meth cooking smells like. So I grew up, you know, and then went off to become, you know, a fairly normal aspiring comedian at the age of 34 um, in Los Angeles. You know, the healthy way to grow up. Um, and then, like, you know, some kids that I went to high school with are now, uh, like, like on masculine. And, and uh, so they're doing better than me. And I just don't, I can't figure out um, how, what a time to hit a fucking pipe in the back there. Let's hope it's weed. It might be PCP. All right, yeah. <laughs> you guys, I parked my car, and all I've heard lately is about how dangerous San Francisco is. So we'll see if I might need a ride home afterwards. Um, we'll figure all that out. Um, oh, boy, this is going to be a weird fucking transition, but we're going into it. Uh, Hitler was kind of a disappointment, huh? Like, just... That, uh, like, come on, like, that guy had so much potential and then went off to go off the rails and kill a bunch of people. And, and if you've seen his art, you know what I'm talking about. And I just think it's so important, you guys, to, to learn from that and support your artist friends. Because if, if you don't go to their comedy shows, they could genocide. And I just feel like it's worth, like, buy the painting. Just buy the fucking painting. <laughs> 
All right, there's something there. Um, my sister just had a baby. Don't, I'm, I'll tell her you said so. Um, my, my sister, yeah, my sister just had a baby, and um, they didn't do a gender reveal, which was uh, good, but also disappointing, because I really wanted to, it, it, it's a, you know, it's a boy for now. Um, but I got you. Um, I, like, that was, you know, I really wanted to bust her chops about that, because I'm a very progressive guy by moderate standards, and I, you know, a lot of people, like, when they, when they have a child, they'll start an Instagram account for their child, and I'm just like, that's okay, that's fine, but I'm starting an OnlyFans for mine, you know, uh, just really cash in on those feet pics while they're good. Uh, <laughs> um, I hate that I have to keep opening up my phone. Okay, um, okay. so I, but I around, I one up my sister, because she's like, we're having a kid. I'm like, I'm getting a dog, and I'll get mine first. You have to wait nine months. Uh, so I got a dog, and he's great, and I've been training him, and my parents are, like, comparing my, my, my sister's son and my dog, which is great, because Walter's winning. Oh, yeah, Walter's the dog. Um, oh, yeah, because <laughs> Walter can roll over now, and I taught him to jump over things, and my, my nephew still can't, you know? I have him on the leash, and I'm dragging him, and he just keeps banging into stuff. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, that's, uh, uh, you know, there's so many different types of sexualities, hard pivot, there's so many different types of sexualities today, and uh, anyone here know what sapiosexual is? Yeah, Sap you know, what is it? Almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, but sapiosexual is when you're, like, attracted to intelligence, um, and I consider myself bisapiosexual because I'm attracted to both really smart and really dumb people. Um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one, and then I'll probably end on something strong. But uh, I was, <laughs> you know, just like sets of expectations in the room. Like you guys could all, if you wanted to check a message on your phone, now's the time to do it. Um, so uh, I, I was walking by the beach one day, and I was, you know, kind of going over my head about my career and, and, you know, like this whole aspiration for fame that maybe only one of you has because only one of you moved to Los Angeles. Um, but, uh, like, this aspiration for fame, and I was walking by, and I was like, the waves don't care. Like, the, the waves on the beach do not care. Like, nature doesn't understand fame. It's a very human concept. Like, if I was walking down the beach and John Lennon was walking down the beach and a riptide came and was going to take one of us, it wouldn't be like, oh, I can't, it's John. He wrote, I am the walrus. <laughs> and then the tidal wave's like, he married Yoko and takes him out to sea. Um, yeah, all right, there's something there. All right, um, dating apps, right? Are we on dating apps? Which one are you on? No? That, that one night stand really turned you off from all of that stuff, huh? Oh, congratulations. Taken right now is, I think, a Liam Neeson movie as well. Um, <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills <laughs> to lock you down into monogamy. Okay. Um, anyway, dating apps are, are uh, I'm back on them for the first time in, in two years, and it is equally as infuriating as I, I remember. Um, and it's just, everyone seems to have the same six poses. Like, all of these girls are you know, just like hand on their hip or like doing like a duck face or, or my favorite is the owl. I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with the owl, but the owl, it's like they were they were out somewhere and she was facing the other direction and they were like, hey, Lydia, we're going to take a photo. And she's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's not my time, but that's my set. So you guys have a great night. Thank you so much for being so warm. Yeah.
Ross. Yay. Ross, that was lovely. Come back anytime. Um, I have two jokes I want to run through, and we're hoping that Boris Shakurko gets here in time. So clap for me. Yay, clap for me. Yay. I'm in a... I'm in a roast battle at Cobb's coming up, and I'm just going to run through my four jokes for y'all because there's no way she listens to Mutiny Radio anyway, so it's fine. So I get to roast a person named Kat Pignati. You don't know her. The rest of us do. She runs an open mic. I know. Her name's Kat Pignati. Please, for the love of God. Like, um, but she runs an open mic on Mondays, and it's a great open mic at the Blarney Stone. Everybody go. It's like a 9 o'clock show, and there's always a bunch of drunk regulars, and it's great. Anyway, she always wears these donut pants, and they are spandex, and she is of a size that I wouldn't personally have the confidence to wear spandex, but I support her confidence, and I love that she does that. She wears donut pants, and that's cool. We're friends. I'm going to get that out of the way first. All right. So I'm going to get up on stage. Yes, yes, it's Kat. Uh, Kat and I Kat and I are friends. Uh, we, we know each other. Uh, she's, she's a 10. She's definitely a 10, but that's how many drinks she has a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kat drinks so much that when she flosses, she bleeds Jameson. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's you can. It's good to be friends with her. You get free booze. Uh, okay, so that one. That's one little section. Is that? And then the next section is she has an amazing fiance, Larry. Everybody, clap it up for Larry. Oh my God, Larry's amazing. And I hope that they never have kids because the only sage motherly advice Kat can give to her child is going to be if you are doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. <laughs> Good job, Kat. Mother of the year. Get it, girl. Okay, so there's that one. And then there's, okay, Kat smokes a lot of cigarettes, you guys. Uh, the only reason she would be called a smoke show is if she was kidnapped by the circus to be a freak, and they were like, do, 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 step right up, everybody, check out the smoke show. She can smoke one pack of cigarettes in 20 minutes. That's probably the weakest one, yeah? I'm kind of banking on the act out. Okay, the last one is, a lot of y'all don't know that Cat is an incredible karaoke singer. If only karaoke was a job that she could do because she's really, really great at singing karaoke. All right, everybody, this debate, or this debate, this roast is over. It's time for the cat lady to sing. (laughs) She's a little rotund. So I'm not fat shaming. I'm being oblique about it though, right? Right, clever? Eh? So you're, you guys are saying basically that third joke I got to work on. The smoke show joke, not that funny. Okay, good. Thank you for your feedback. I'm going to be doing I'll work on those jokes. Okay, here's the other joke I'm working on. I did some acid on Saturday to get my head right. It did not work. <laughs> I did. I burned, I burned some bridges. I sent messages out. To, it was a bad thing. But I was thinking about some really incredibly deep thoughts. And I was thinking a lot about breast milk. Because it's so weird that... Women have a gland on their body that at a certain time of year, or a certain time, like you have a baby, there's a certain time in your life if you have a baby that this thing happens and there's this liquid that comes out of your body that has nutritive and caloric and nutritive content. And everybody thinks that's normal. No one thinks that's fucking weird. And then we do it to animals and they're like shaped like penises and they, and 
but it happens with women. But men all the time can create a liquid that has both calorative and nutritive content and protein even. And I'm not, before you think I'm advocating for babies to suck dick, I'm not. I'm just saying that there is the key to solving world hunger in your nutsack. Right? Like you could homogenize it and pasteurize it. You could make nut butter. What is happening? Like, and you get it. You can make it your whole life. And with women, though, we fetishize it, and it's weird, and it's like, Okay, so that's my other premise I'm working. So Boris Shakurko isn't coming, I guess. We tried. We held it for him. Sorry, Boris. I'll have to. And let's all go to sleep bar. No, I'm not. I'm just looking out the door wistfully that if he's, that if he came. There's an open mic at sleep bar now that we should all go to if you want to pick up more time. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for being here, and happy Thanksgiving, and um, this was super fun. Thanks, J.W. Blunt, and uh, we'll be back Monday with Joke Workshop, and tomorrow tomorrow at 2 o'clock at Atlas, uh, everybody come out there and get sets. You too, J-Dubs. J-Dubs, you too, tomorrow at 2 at Atlas. Yeah, if you want to play, play the music, the, yeah, 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 please, please, please. So um, people listening out in the world, come to Atlas tomorrow at 2. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be lovely. We're going to do sets. It'll be funny. And uh, all right. Yay. Some sounds booming out of Jeep where I'm from. Cocoon. All right, it's six o'clock, everybody. It's time for the happy hour, the happiest hour of two hours of comedy uh, that exists. Yay! I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. You're listening to Mutiny Radio.fm in SF. And it's part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. So tonight I didn't do pre signs, which is like, I don't know why that was weird, but like all the comments are like, eh, we'll show up whenever or not. It's cool, it's cool. Um, but I'm excited because we've got all kinds of amazing comedians for you tonight, as we always do. At the same time, there's a show at Asiento at 6.30 across the street, so that's going to be fun. So after you do your set, here, go over there, get a drink, support that show. All right. <laughs> I hope that everybody comes in to support their first comedian of the night. Uh, hey, yeah, there we go, there we go. Put your hands together for your very first comedian of the night, everybody. It's Tim Taylor. Fight. Where you from? Came walking into this room and they were excited and looked up and disappointed. It is my dating life. Thank you. It is every night of my dating life. Here with the fellas. I just saw a woman walk by, but here are the fellas and and Pam. Pam, congratulations. Keep it going for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Come on. It just kicks butt. Guys all performing tonight, right? Yes, everybody's performing tonight. Right on. Anybody have a dog in here? You do what kind of dog do you have? He's a mutt. Got it. Yeah, I um I like dogs. I was actually running the other day and uh I heard a couple coming up behind me and they had a dog. I could hear the jingling of the leash. And it was gaining on me, and I'm thinking it's going to be a greyhound or a retriever or something really fast. And as it blows by me, I look over. It's a corgi. 
a corgi passes me. Hello, a corgi. Do you own a corgi, ma'am? No, she does not, but she owns a mask. We appreciate it. There's a corgi that passed me. A corgi is basically like a, a footstool with little paws on the bottom. Do you know who owns corgis? Who owns, anybody know who owns a lot of corgis? The Queen of England. The Queen of England. She owns a lot of corgis because she can keep up with them when she jogs. Yes! Thank you! And then puts her foot up on them when she lays back. The Queen of England. A little Queen of England comedy for you. But, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm dating. I'm single. I... You guys ever walked a puppy down the street? Did you? If, how old's your mutt? What's your mutt's name? Just out of curiosity. Okay, Farley. How did you come up with that name? Was it was it given, or did you come up with it? Ha <laughs> ha! Very good. Mutt and barley. I like that. That sounds like a wonderful uh, dish over at an Irish pub or something like that. Well, I walked. So you had barley when barley was a puppy. I walked a puppy down the street. It is incredible. You're like a drug dealer. Uh, everybody's interested in what you have. They have no, I, no, they do not care about who you are. They just want to stop you and hang out with the puppy. And I was, got tons of attention and made the mistake of taking this beautiful seven-month-old retriever to the dog park. Do you take Barley to the dog park? It is controlled chaos. I, is, is it, what, there's, there's like rules and etiquette and what have you. Well... This dog's like really beautiful and lithe, and it's walking up there, and all the dogs like they have their 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 uh, their their uh, bulls in their mouths are just like racking them over the fresh fish, like you know, like uh, Shawshank Redemption because the dog is new to them. Wow! Any Shawshank Redemption fans in the crowd? <laughs> get busy living or get busy dying. Hey. Anyways, bringing that dog in there was like bringing a Cub Scout into a rectory. Thank you. Thank you. We're just getting really inappropriate. Speaking of hot, how much time do I have, Pam? Is it, uh, is it? <laughs> Shit. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that rule. What happens when I ask, how did I not know that rule? Does that mean I have 30 seconds? Well, here's the deal. So, um, I, I, speaking of hot sex with the Cub Scout and the rectory, I, uh, you know, the, uh, sex for me used to be like tic-tac-toe. It was quick, predictable, and in the end, nobody won. Thank you. Thank you, Mutiny Comedy Festival. But, you know, the thing is, is I, I spent the majority of my life thinking the clitoris was an island in Greece. Yeah, it's always there for me. Whenever I needed the clitoris. I know, I know, it was another click comic. We've heard it all, the click comic. I heard it all. Well, what I can tell you is, I'd rather be a click comic than go through the dating episodes I have because dating is like putting my heart through an emotional glory hole. I just stick it through and see what happens. That's the end of my set. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Yay for Tim Taylor. He's a tool man. Yay, the consuls are here. Yay. No, not the cops. The consuls. They're a family of lovely people that love uh, comedy and are, God, I wish my mom loved me. Your next comedian does not want to be on the air because he's going to say things that are so offensive that he can't do it. So what I'm going to do right now is uh, some tricks. So bear with me as a Mutiny Radio listening audience. You're going to listen to some great Diggable Planets music. And we're going to be back in about four minutes with more comedy. But until then, your next comedian, he's going to say such offensive things. He doesn't want to be... Recorded or on the internet. So put your hands together for Dan Britton. I know the wig gets a braid out. It's fat as we be out. Cop the rat that 
cats uh-huh. from these cats out on Bleecker. Okay. Rejuvenate the plates for my peoples and they speakers. Uh-huh. Bleacher, rap, make it need a crutch. Uh-huh. Planets wouldn't allow themselves to roll like such. Okay. Expressions, sighting, scripting, talk. Fighting status quo is being an artist in New York. Uh-huh. Tongues be often fought, flows be often caught. If they call it fat, we just ignore it like it's pork. Okay. Planets got them thoughts, booming flowers in the dents. They said the grass was greener, so we snuck and hopped the fence. Landed in a meadow, glimpsed and saw a shadow. Of brothers with guitars, common sense, and puffy afros. Nuts was getting raised, past was getting blazed. Feds was cracking domes, but these cats, they wasn't phased. In tight grips, yet the lips was talking fun. Rhythms and the struggle kind of bundled into one. True funk cannot disguise, because the streets have eyes. Who's gonna revive? Well, us and vibes. Did it like a dick planet, got to get a good ticket, suggest you get your ticket and do what you feel, do what you feel, do what you feel, yeah, do what you feel, do what you feel, do what you feel. If it's real, it's real. Flip, flip, slip, slide, dip and take a dive. Planets looking high when we traveling on a vibe. Cribs, dorms, grasshoppers and swarms. Thinking life is big, is that hip? Is it norm? Sight, cuff. Delic and fat, flowers and beads and pieces and naps. Ah, yes, planets got the blessed. Beats are played on Friday to get Monday off your chest. Monday off your chest. Live, dig into the quotes. Lose yourself in groove and the beauty as it floats. Hair, clothes, monochrome, it ain't. Many different worlds in a sweet and funky joint. Pounds, hands, speakers and jams. Even those that clams get fitted in the plans. Like, years, sugar for your ears. Hip-hop is the fave, we've been digging it for years. Funk, rhythm, psychedelic money. Studied my lessons, got vision 2020. Check out the globe, they needed what we brought. Ladybug, don't we boom it from New York? Yes, we do. Uh, time, space, what is that like? Just how we live and went in the hip life. Kids roll with hot-blooded soul. From 125 right down to Ludlow. The juice, the cup, the token fair is up. The ancestors peace with his daughters of the dust. Different time, different space. Uh-oh, planet Earth, we brought the mad base. Brung is the tongue they all can understand. I'm free, so let me pass it to my jig. Check me out. Check me out. Butterflies, funk-induced highs. A gang of ballerines to smack me up a five. Bar, caps, pleasurable naps. Time and space is fake, and that's the real haps. Youth flights, land on Friday nights. Birds be with the cats, DJ saving lives. Soul, funk, job, and rhythm. Jazz be till and till, but been funkin' since 11. Funkin since Sound, drips. Coming off the lips, smuggle from the planets, the freak, the nine zips. Time, space, no one's is alike. Be you and just be you or be out. That's right, so step into the jams, let the sugars make it sweet. Kept it underhand, cause the planets get you free. Lady Brunk Mecca with the groove in time and space. With the funk and rhythm, but a chase. Goddamn, God. by some miraculous series of events, we've been able to continuously freak fat clips. Yeah, my throat doesn't feel like Sam Kennison's must have after a shot. Yeah, so as you see, I put my legs in. You know, we can share, we can share.
make the breeze float straight out of our lids. Them, they got boo bodies, hard rock Brooklyn kids. Us floor rush when they DJ boom and classics. You pick the crew on the fattest hip hop record. He touched the kinks and sinks into the sounds. She frequents deep, fatter joints called undergrounds. Our funk zooms like you hit the Mary Jane. They flock to booms, man, boogie had to change. Who freaks the clips with mad amount percussion? Where kinky hair goes the unthought of dimensions. Why is it so fly? Cause hip hop kept some drama. When butterfly rock the light blue sway boomers. Yay! Dan Britton, everyone. You didn't get to hear him on the radio listening audience, but uh, I'm going to put some music up and we're going to get right back with uh, You Get to Listen Now, people out there. Okay, here we go. Sending junkie rhythms right down your block. We beat to rap what key beat to lock, but I'm cool like that. 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 I'm cool. The chocolates taps on my raps. She innovates after sweet and cat naps. He at the funk club with the vibrate. Then they be crazy down with the five mate. It can kick a plan, then a crowd burst. Me, I be digging it with the bug burst. Us, we be freaking till dawn, peace and I. He gets a stranger smile, so I say hi. Who understood? Yeah, understood the plans. Him heard of it and put it to his hands. Hey, everybody. That was weird because we, we're off the air, but we're on the air, and everything's great. Aaron's a Digable Planet's lovely. So is your next comedian. Put your hands together, everybody, for Drew Wilson McGrath. Yay! And I'm chill like that. I'm chill like that. I'm chill like that. I'm chill We're on the radio? What's wrong with Nazis? What? They're creative, right? No, okay, nobody nobody needs to agree with that in here. Uh, don't keep it going for the Nazis. Do keep it going for me and the comic prior to me. Great job. Fuck everything. Like it? That was a fuck list designed to get fucked, if I'm not wrong, right? Like, somebody in this room is going to fuck that guy later just to get him to stop writing fuck lists, I think, maybe. Oh, I'm an angry guy from Portland. How you doing, huh? Portland's great. Fun place. Lots of gays up there. Keep it going for the gays. Radio? Yeah. Everybody on the other end of the radio is going, eh, yeah, okay. We didn't say what kind of gays. My parents are the lesbian kind of gays. Do we still like them? Real Home Depot gays. They don't drive, no, they're real gays. They drive trucks, both of them. <laughs> fuck a Subaru. They'll run a f- Subaru off the road, right? They're like, fuck this shit. Get out of my parking spot at Home Depot, you compact son of a bitch. And I've heard my mom say that before. I grew up with two moms, which is great, until my friends' moms would try to co-adopt me when I wasn't at my parents' house because I got along with them so well. I'd have a woman tell me, hey, I'm your away-from-home mom, and then another woman would say, I'm your at-school mom, and I would tell that woman, listen, Leslie, I just need somebody who's going to show me how to pee standing up. That would be great if we could... We could get to that one real quick. I would really, I've been wiping my dick with toilet paper for the last seven years to get it clean, you know, and that's not how it's supposed to work. Tepid audience, okay, how about we're gonna, we're gonna roll right into it. I need the energy of somebody who's gonna show me I don't need to use Vagisil when I itch down there. That's the best part. A lot of quiet men in the audience right now that don't know what Vagisil is. Good, it's a facial moisturizer that you can put on when you're feeling extra wrinkly and dry, you put it on there, it makes you look like Ellen DeGeneres. I don't know what to tell you. You know, keep it going for wrinkle cream. I know people look at me and they're like, your parents aren't gay, you lying son of a bitch. You just use that to try to get into the cockles of people's hearts. And yeah, a little bit, but no, very gay. Uh, I inherited my mom's ass, if you can't tell on this small stage. I... I, radio, you can't see this radio. I'm bearing my ass to five really concerned people right now. 
There you go. Look at that. I got the ass of a seasoned lesbian. You know what I mean? Like a real steakhouse les. Just extra salt, back of a fucking Morton's, making demands. That's the kind of lesbian energy that I've got, you know? People used to ask me growing up, they're like, what was it like not having a dad? I'm like, it really wasn't that much different than you think. My mom drives a bigger truck than I do. She's... <laughs> She's got more guns than I do, right? She's pretty bad. And she figured out what's wrong with the WNBA a long time ago. She says, hey, those women don't wear short enough shorts. That was my mom's idea. She's like, oh, they keep complaining about how they're not making any money. Hey, pants down, salaries up, ladies. Start a fucking OnlyFans, all right? Stop kvetching. You got your target market right there. You're on television like once a week if you're in L.A. Good for you. All right, stop, stop hating on the gays, Drew. Oh, I miss my parents. Hey, how you doing? Don't look so concerned. This isn't a soapbox. Okay. How do you feel about global warming? It is real. Anybody else? Global warming, right? Let it happen. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> let it happen. Are we really going to miss any of the animals that can't float upstream when all the icebergs melt? Are we really? Are we going to miss pufferfish? You ever seen a puffer fish? It's the pocket pussy of the ocean. Why are we trying to save these things? Even the people that discovered them didn't like puffer fish. They called it a goddamn puffer fish, you know? They, there you go. That's appropriate timing. Hey, turtles, am I right? Okay. <laughs> Fuck turtles, you know? They'll die with global warming. They can live to be 103. You know what else lived to be 103? My grandfather, all right? And he killed three Germans during the war. The Vietnam War. All right, let's be really careful. He was like, I have PTSD. I'm like, bro, you're an accountant. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're doing the wrong thing right now. I have 30 seconds left, which isn't enough time to do a sheep fucking joke. So um, do it anyway. All right, radio. There we go. Anybody here shop at Safeway? There you go. Last time I did that joke here, somebody said, too expensive. You have class. Keep it going for yourself. Jesus Christ. I think Safeway messed up on not having their own name brand condoms. I got to be honest with you. That feels like a really easy sell. I got a cautious chuckle out of you. I'm going to roll with the joke. Safeway condoms are really easy, right? You can market them to 18-year-olds and be like, hey, have sex in the backseat of your first Corolla, the Safeway, you know? You go out to farm country, you know, like Concord near here, the joke changes. It's like, hey, find out how useful a sheep really is, the safe way. San Francisco doesn't like the sheep fucking jokes. I don't know what it is. Oregon loves it, and maybe that's just their thing. I don't know what to tell you. Don't fuck sheep. That joke's messed up, but the last time I did that joke, a guy came up to me afterward and said, hey, you don't need to wear condoms when you're having sex with the sheep. <laughs> you can't get STDs from a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, <laughs> you need to leave this petting zoo immediately. This is getting really awkward for everybody. Come back after 7. We have a red light special. Hey, give it up for Pam. Drew Wilson McGrath, everyone. And you can see him later on tonight across the street at Asiento. I hope that after you... Do your set here. You saunter on over to Asiento up on the corner. They have a big star thing on there. And buy a drink and hang out and watch the comedy show. And that would be amazing, because why not? Your next comedian, he's all the way from L.A., and I'm so excited every time he's here. And I, I really I, I love his trajectory as a comic, what's happening with him right now. Put your hands together, everybody, for Isaiah Castillo. 
That guy's ass was fucking huge, dude. It's a big ass, man. Oh, my God. You have that teacher ass, dude. Yeah, that, dude, teachers have the biggest asses known to mankind. I don't know. It's like all the Diet Coke just goes straight there. Like, I, like big old asses, man. He has that Harriet Tubman ass, you know? Like, can I say that? Is that fine? But dude, Harriet Tubman had cake, man. He had that big old fucking ass. You could put a coffee cup on that thing, man. Oh, my God. My teacher missed off her, dude. She had an ass and a half, bro. My third grade teacher, bro. She hit me in the head with the ass. I fell to the ground. I, she goes to help me, hits another kid with the ass. Like, this ass was catching hands. Like, we called her the ass-slinging slasher. That's what we called her. That's a SpongeBob reference. I'm 23, dude. I fuck it. I know I look like I'm 30 with a gambling addiction, but <laughs> I'm fucking 23, man. I got beard privilege. All right, it's cool. Um, I do. I just did my 23 and me over the pandemic, uh, and I'm adopted. So let's play a game I like to call Am I Israeli or Palestinian? Would you like to take a guess? I'm Mexican. Ah, I'm Mexicano. Yeah, man. <laughs> Mexican. But I look like everything besides it, you know. Like some guy told me I look like an Iranian rocket scientist. I was like, thanks, dude. He told me that on YouTube. On YouTube. I messaged back like, please do not put Iranian and rocket scientists in the same sentence on YouTube. Homeland Security is at my door right now, bro. You got to chill, man. But yeah. My grandma has dementia, dude. She has dementia, and I'm pretty sure she thinks she's dead. I'm pretty sure she thinks she's dead uh, because she's been calling me Jesus. I look biblical as shit, dude. I I look like Moses, but instead of parting the sea, I fucking shredded it, dude. Fucking took that shit all the way out, man. I, uh, I'm i watching this show with my brother. He's autistic. It's called Love on the Spectrum. You guys hear about this? Great fucking show. The premise of the show is that it's hard for autistic people to date, but really, it seems easier than my dating life. This girl goes on a date with a guy. She's like, hi, I like Pokemon. He goes, me too. She goes, intercourse? He goes, absolutely. Married for 10 years. Like, I've been thinking about, I might be on the spec, you know? I've been learning about autistic people that collect, like, bottle caps and brochures. Like, when I was a kid, I used to collect toenails. Yeah. My own, not other people's. I'm not a sick fuck, all right? But I used to collect toenails. And, you know, they say autism is a disability. I think it's an ability, man. I think it's an ability to say what's on your mind, you know? Because, like, I was at work. I, dri I work at a drive to liquor store. Everyone thinks I own it. And uh, I work at a drive to liquor store, and some guy gave me a bunch of singles, a bunch of ones. And he's like, hey, don't tell my wife this. And I go, sir, if you think that's a joke, your life is a joke. And he goes, what did you just say to me? And I go, I'm autistic. He looks me up and down and goes, have a good day, buddy. <laughs> Someone calls you buddy, they think you're slow. All right, these are just facts here. That's life hack number one, all right? Give you life hack number two. All right, uh, I think it's great that all this mental health awareness, all this mental health stuff is going out. I think it's great uh, because I like to call out of work a lot, all right? And I think it's like, or even showing up late. Like one time I show up to work late, my boss is like, hey, Isaiah, it's your third time really this week. I was like, really? It's the third time this week I thought about killing myself. What do you got to say about that, big boy? <laughs> <laughs> Life hack number two, ladies and gentlemen. Be taking notes, all right? Taking notes. I have a new girl. Um, I, I was just I was uh, in a relationship, and I realized every girl's different uh, sexually and uh, emotionally, too, but mostly sexually. And, uh, yeah, like this new girl, I have to, to make her – my last girl, very easy to make her come. This girl, very hard. Like I have to suck on a titty, pinch a titty, a DJ down there. <laughs> and thrust at the same time, all right? I'm basically a one-man band now. <laughs> like, I couldn't walk and chew gum. Now I can do anything. Like, the first three weeks, I couldn't 
find the Rubik's Cube. You know, I couldn't figure it out. All right, more like three months. But but then I remember that one game when I was a kid. You guys remember that one game where I was like, yeah, twist it, bop it. <laughs> Flick it, suck it. You know, I <laughs> my girlfriend's just like that game, man. You miss one step and you got to start over again. Yeah. And then out comes the vibrator. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Mazer. A problem. Yay! Isaiah Castillo, everyone. Um, a couple words of warning. One, um, be careful the XLR on the end of the mic. It's uh, it's poopy. I'm sorry. I bought new ones. I just didn't change them out. Hey, Spence. I'll get you up before your show, and then I'll get you your gift bag, too. Um, yay. So, and, and just speaking of Spencer's on the show at Asiento, that starts at 630. So if you do a set and you get out of here, just walk up a uh, half a block away and buy a drink at Asiento and watch the show tonight. It's going to be great. Uh, your next comedian... Uh, is a funny person. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for Sam Carroll. The pro-lifers harassed me outside the clinic and called me a murderer. Hi. What kind, of, what kind of crowd is this? I wasn't really paying attention. I was, over, I was out there. When I should have been reading the room, I was outside. Cru- crucial mistake, Sam. You guys uh, from San Francisco, mostly comics from the festival? I see San Francisco. You're not even from here, Kavita. You're from you're from San Bruno. Doesn't count. So non-San Francisco people, we had a thing called Fleet Week last week. And Fleet Week is this thing where the US Navy comes and they dock in the harbor and then they do cocaine in our bathrooms. That's what Fleet Week is. And it's a week it's a week before Indigenous Peoples Day, which is weird. It's weird timing. So we have a m- huge military display of our military might a week before Indigenous Peoples Day. And then what's weirder is that Columbus Day is on the same day as Indigenous Peoples Day. Well, that's a weird coincidence, if you ask me. It's almost like they were they wanted to cancel Columbus, and they we didn't want to not go to work that day. We didn't want to go to I'm so high. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have come up here. I'm going to try and translate these ideas as best I can in as few words possible. Hopefully, maybe, please. You know why they canceled Columbus? Blackface. Swear to God. You can look it up. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not sure if you guys... I'm not a big coke guy. I'm not, uh, I wasn't doing coke in the bathroom with these sailors, but what, what I like to do is microdose crack. It helps with creativity. Taking a shit. Sometimes I like to leave my baby in the car and tape a sign to the window that says nothing valuable inside. (laughs) The other day I was talking with this father whose kid got ran over by a car right in front of their house. And he was saying, uh, and and right after the incident, the city came and installed speed bumps on the street. So what he was saying was, not only do I have a dead kid on my hand, but I got speed bumps on my street. So now every time I'm on my way home from work, I'm reminded that I wasn't even going that fast when I hit him. <laughs> bad joke. I'm a bad dude. No, I'm a good dude. I think I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Every Sunday I go around the neighborhood and take the parking tickets off people's cars. You know what I like to do? I like to walk around with a mug everywhere I go with a coffee mug, so it looks like I live there. 
wherever it may be. I'll have my coffee mug and people will say, look at that guy's coffee mug, he must be from around here. He couldn't have traveled that far, probably made some coffee in his house, and he's out in his bathrobe and his, and his speedo walking around. That's not the case. That's not the case. I'm going to take your Amazon packages. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, man. My wife has a body like an hourglass. She has big feet and a big head. <laughs> and a very thin vagina. <laughs> I had another thing to say about my wife, but... Uh, oh, yeah, she has autoerotic anaphylaxis, too. Type 2 autoerotic anaphylaxis. Very rare side effect of a peanut allergy, actually. One... One touch of a peanut and her throat starts to close up and she begins to violently masturbate. Type 2 came later in life. All right, you guys, you guys have been all right. I'm Sam. Sam Carroll, everyone. Yay. Well, yay. Your next, your next comedian... Oh my gosh, he just, he just walked in and gave me a box of chicken and rice. Uh, I'm over the fucking moon because it's the first thing I've eaten today. Yay! So I'm going to live. I'm not going to black out tonight because I'm eating rice right now. Put your hands together for your next comedian. Put your hands together for Dan Lewis. Yay! Thanks, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy the chicken, Pam. Yay! Yeah. Sam mentioned the uh, Columbus getting canceled. I think that's a good thing. I don't think they should cancel the uh, that helpful rhyme, though. They teach you in school. Do you guys remember the rhyme? In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Right. See? It's that still the best way to remember the color of the ocean. Right. Columbus Day joke. We'll wait till next year and try that one again. These jokes, cheesy jokes, uh, Polish jokes, those are pretty, that, is that a still a thing, Polish jokes? Do people still tell, it doesn't make any sense, like, why, why would an entire nationality be stupid? That doesn't hold water, I think. I mean, some of them are Jews. What's up with that? No, nah, man, I'm, yeah, I try to, I try to be woke, I don't know, you gotta, I, you know, I think we should fight racism wherever we find it. You know, sometimes it's the subtle forms of racism, I think, that can be the most insidious, you know? Like tokenism, for example. You guys know about tokenism? You gotta watch out for that white guy. He's got one black friend. That might be his token black friend, right? He's trying to look not racist. But these guys know you're not supposed to have a token black friend, so a lot of these guys will strategically go out and make a second black friend to make it look like they don't have a token black friend, but that's twice as bad, right? They just have two token black friends. <laughs> Even worse than that, you guys, these fucking racists, three black friends. You're not fooling anybody, pal. Come on to your game. I asked a buddy of mine the other day, I was like, how many black friends do you have? He goes, I don't know, man. A lot? That's what kind of fever pitch this thing has reached. This guy has totally lost count of how many black friends he has. Tokenism of the worst kind, and I told him so, too. Even though he's a black guy, but still. I felt like I could tell him that, because like I said, he's a buddy of mine, okay? I think it's okay. Anyway. We can all agree the uh, 
first gift in a relationship is very important, like that first birthday in a new relationship. You got to be careful with that because you want to get her something nice, but you don't want to go too nice because you're setting the baseline for the rest of the thing. You can't go below that. You know, the person who fucked us up the worst in all of human history is Vincent Van Gogh, who famously cut off his ear, right? But what they don't tell you is that he wrapped it in a piece of cloth and he gave it to a woman that he liked. Guys, that is a rookie move. That is way too big of a gift early in a relationship. That's a, he's a simp. That's a lose-lose, because, like, look at it this way. If it doesn't work, that sucks. You're out the ear. If it does work, even worse, she likes the ear. What's this crazy chicken I want for Christmas? I don't know. I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm smarter than that. I might start with some toenail clippings or something in my relationship. I uh, had a banh mi sandwich earlier today. Do you guys, do you guys like the banh mi sandwich? Love that. So good. So good. I love it on the French roll, you know. That's the most interesting thing about it to me. The Vietnamese sandwich is still on the French roll. After all that France did to that country. Colonized them and they stuck with it. That's how good French bread is. There was a 10-year war, an insurgent war for independence from France. Being like, get the fuck out. Stay out. Wish you never came here. We have our own culture. Leave the baguettes. And that tasty pate. We like that. What else? Shit. Which one of these? A lot of uh, a lot of my female friends will be like, you know, hey, listen, we're out there looking for sex just as much as you guys are, but I don't buy it because there's something called fuck me shoes that women wear. Do you guys familiar with these? Sometimes women are like, I'm putting on my fuck me shoes. These are shoes that signal that they might be down for some anonymous sex that night, you know, which means they have shoes that signal otherwise. Right? I don't know about you, but all of my shoes are fuck me shoes. <laughs> you know? My gardening crocs, my soccer spikes. Matter of fact, everything in my closet is of the fuck me variety. <laughs> including my dusty old fuck me baseball glove from when I was a kid. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. My name is Dan Lewis. Dan Lewis, yay! Have a great set. He's at the best of SF tonight. He gets to do 12 minutes. Everybody keep clapping for Dan. Yay! He did his warm-up set here. He's going he's gonna to go kill it at the best of SF. Yeah, go check that show out. It's going to be lovely. Thanks again for the chicken. You just saved my life, honestly. Like, the food you gave me, like, seriously, that was really kind and amazing. And you're a wonderful. Thank you. You're a wonderful human being. Oh, he cares about me enough for me not to black out tonight. Your next comedian is another comic on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Put your hands together right now for Newman Shock. Yay! What's up, guys? Are you two together? Yeah, you look like my roommate's girlfriend, so he's going to be devastated. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I was in a gentrified part of San Francisco today, and, you know, it was fake nice, which is more nice than I'm used to, you know? That's that's great. And it's weird, because, like, they still have crackheads, but they're, like, a higher level of crackhead, you know? Like, they're, like, talking themselves, but they're, like, talking about, like, poetry and, like, their favorite, like, ethically sourced coffee shop. Like, it's weird, you know? Because, like, regular crackheads talk about, like, killing people and, like, shitting on shit. Like, crazy shit. Like, scumbag shit. Like, it's crazy that San Francisco found a way to, like, gentrify mental illness. Like, that's crazy. 
I don't know. Um, it was Columbus Day recently, and you know, congrats, white people, you guys won that one. Yeah, it's weird being like an Indian person, like actually from India on Columbus Day, because like, yeah, what Columbus did was bad, but like he really liked my people's food. You know, like to me, Columbus seems like a guy who respected other people's cultures. And yeah, that seems weird. But yeah, uh, I'm Indian, which is like technically Asian. So I guess I have to say like stop Asian hate. Yeah, it's weird because like stop Asian hate is a movement that I'm technically involved in, but like also has like nothing to do with me. Like racists are ignorant. But even they're not ignorant to think, like, I'm the source of coronavirus. Like, they think I'm the source of iOS 15. Like, that's what's happening there. Yeah, I don't know. We're, Indians right now are, like, the Don Lemons of Stop Asian Hate. Like, we're, like, involved, but not really. Like, it's weird. Um, I've been dating a lot. I haven't been dating. Um, I've been texting girls at 3 a.m. you up. Like, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, and it hasn't been working. Like, I texted this girl you up at 3 a.m. last night, and she immediately texted back no, so that was hard. So, like, I, I don't know. I've been trying to do, like, more productive things. Like, I was trying to find, like, a solution to, like, drug addiction the other day, and I think I cracked it. Um, here's the thing. Like, I think the more successful you are, like, the harder drugs you're allowed to do. Like, I think that's my idea. Yeah, no. Thanks, Pam. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, because, like, if you're, like, a homeless dude with, like, no job prospects, you can only do Tylenol. Like, that's your thing. But, like, if you're, like, this millionaire CEO person, then, like, yeah, you're allowed to do heroin. Like, you've earned that right. And, you know, I've been thinking about this. I think this could, like, actually solve, like, income inequality, too. Because, like, if Jeff Bezos starts doing crack... He's going to be on the streets in three weeks sucking dick. So, yeah, I think... I think Jeff Bezos doing crack could be great for the working class. Like, I think that's a solution. Um, I don't know. What else is there to say? Yay, one minute. Um, I don't know. Um, I was at a friend's intervention recently, and, you know, not very fun. Could have used some drinks, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it was weird, because, like, um, my friend's mom, she was like, you know, an addiction is technically defined as when you do something so much, you can't function normally anymore. And I was like, wow, that is a stupid definition. Because I'm sober all the time, and I still can't function normally, you know? <laughs> like, I think an addiction should be described as when you do something so much, it becomes the most interesting thing about you. Like, if you're at parties and you're being introduced, like, hey, this is my friend, the ketamine guy, <laughs> then, yeah, you need help. And that's my time. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I enjoyed your set very much tonight. I always enjoy your stuff. That's it. I didn't mean like tonight. I'm such a jerk. Um, I'm sorry if I was distracted. Josh Kotsky came in and gave me magic cards. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it was my birthday on Sunday, and it's very sweet of him. I really love playing magic. Uh, just so the magic player knows, on deck is Mark Neuer. But coming up right now, what what a sweet kind amazing funny human being who is so generous to us all and n always bears midriff <laughs> always for the joy for the joy and wonderment of all to behold put your hands together for denise lee <laughs> 
Wow, hi. Good to be here today. Um, I just got back from a trip. I was visiting my parents in our home country, the motherland, which, as you can probably guess, is Texas. Yeah, um, I'm happy to be back, though, because uh, I just missed so many things about the Bay Area while I was gone, right? Like uh, kale chips and recycling and my rights. Yeah, uh, yeah, like dietary fiber and free will. It's really starting to miss that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like it was a good trip while I was home. I had like a really big life talk with my mom and it was about a topic that I've just dreaded she would bring up and I've been putting off this conversation for years where she would ask me whether I was a lesbian or not. Right, like uh, a little uncomfortable. She was like, look, you don't really talk about boys. You haven't had a boyfriend in like a decade and you clip your fingernails just way too short. Uh, um, and, and you know, it was, it was super awkward, but I'm really glad I had that conversation because I was finally able to come out to my mom as a hoe. <laughs> Yeah, not a lesbian, just a classic run-of-the-mill hoe who just can't commit, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. But, but yeah, like, my mom is having trouble accepting my identity as a hoe, right? Like, she's very conservative. Like, she hates the way that I dress. Like, if she had it her way, I would look a little bit more like a russet potato, just kind of oblong and, like, beige, um, but, but she's always like, hey, you know, when you expose that much skin, it makes people think that you're desperate and pathetic. And I always get so mad when she says this. I'm just like, it's 2021, you know, um, it's 2021 and it's incredibly just sexist and objectifying and accurate for you to say that. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to be authentic and just live my truth, right? Like anyone with a pulse and like a decent grasp of English grammar and yeah, like a proper usage of the Oxford comma and this revolving sushi bar is <laughs> revved up and ready to make the rounds. Just plenty of ahi tuna to go around. Uh, I think the one thing that my mom and I can agree on, though, is that if I ever settle down, uh, it'll be with a doctor. And it's for all the classic reasons, right? Like for her, she wants someone with a good education and financial stability. And for me, I want someone who functions as my personal 24-7 WebMD, right? Like I have a growing list of health concerns that is becoming increasingly specific that the internet cannot answer anymore. And I mean, I think I could be a pretty good partner, you know? Like I heard that uh, men are kind of like into nude pictures these days. Like I will send him all the nude pictures he wants as long as he also tells me if it's a mole or if I'm gonna die. Uh, I've been Denise. Thank you, guys. Yay! Denise wants to meet a dermatologist. Uh, my best friend is the chief of staff at dermatology of Kaiser, so I'll try to look out for some doctors for you. 
They always give away sunscreen. It's so nice. Does anyone have a friend who's a doctor who gives them free drugs? Because that's a friend I want. Diazepam, lorazepam. Call them the two-pam family. Give the benzodiazepines to Pam. Clap your hands again, everybody, for Denise Lee. Yay! Yay! Denise is like someone I want to do drugs with because she looks so like a child that I would teach in junior high. Like, I feel like we should, like, do some ketamine together and then, like, be like, ah, like, our souls are bonding. Oh, what's ketamine, she says. She's like, I don't know what a lesbian is either. Put your hands together for your next comedian, for Mark Neuer. Yay. I'm fucking stoned, dude. I'm stoned. I'm dehydrated and stoned. You've been so high and dehydrated at the same time that your lungs stop really working properly. That's where I'm at. So if I'm wheezing... Or if I pass out, that's why. So you know why. When you call the MS, like he just is too stoned. Really, just too stoned. Good. If I lost some more weight, I'd look like an undercover cop. I would. And everyone would be really nervous. And you'd all have your masks on. So that's why I stay fat. It's for you. I do it for you. I know I'm fat. I don't know how I know I'm fat. I get stoked over the new Tums flavors. You know, the antacid, Tums. You know, they're coming out with a watermelon flavor. I know. I do. <laughs> I know that there's a new flavor coming out. I get the magazine monthly. Okay? I get stoked. Oh, are, you, are you lost on the flavors here? All right. <laughs> I, th I thought you were cl getting clarifying questions on Tums with Pam. Pam has no idea what antacid is she doesn't have that problem she eats like a fucking rabbit she eats she eats like frozen <laughs> she eats frozen carrots still frozen she eats like a hamster she's great i love pam <laughs> good where was i at oh camping outside of walgreens <laughs> waiting for the new tums to drop so i have all of them just like when people get new sneakers and new sneakers come out. That makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. I, I'd rather sit outside for Tums. It makes no sense to spend $250 on sneakers to walk down 6th and market. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Sorry. It makes no sense. To go on the Muni? Are you kidding me? Have you, seen, have you been on the Muni? I feel like I'm on the Muni right now. None of you have masks on and you're not even... <laughs> they don't give a fuck, and the, the the driver's like, it's not my problem. I don't get paid enough to. <laughs> no, we all have masks on, radio listeners. We're masks. We're masked and vaxxed. I have something stirring in me. Why are we t fuck Christopher Columbus? Why are we talking about it? Gas is five dollars a fucking gallon. Okay, okay, it's five dollars. I don't even drive. I'm pissed. <laughs> Getting mad. I'm on the Muni, I go past the gas station, if I, get, I get mad. I start bitching at the driver about it. We start yik-yakking, bitching about the driver. It's ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Have you seen the price of hash browns? Pre-cut so it's easy and convenient for me? Expensive. We want to talk about Russia. Why? You don't know shit about Russia. You don't know. You have no fucking clue. 
You don't know. You don't say, you fucking, you don't know. That's what, they, that's what they're best at, is make sure you don't have a fucking clue. So get on the phone and scroll, and that's all this. Stop. Stop with all the fucking politics. Like, you don't know dick. I don't know dick. And let me tell you, I'm a drop out from Modesto. If we know the same shit, we're all fucked. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that out of my system. I don't need to take that energy to OMG after this. You know what I mean? OMG's already a fucked hole. You get it? Because it's a... <laughs> that bar smells like my bedroom. So, hey, it's because they have underwear nights on Wednesdays, and they all come. My name is Mark Neuer. You guys have been great. God bless you. Mark Neuer, everyone. Mark Neuer. That was lovely. I was paying attention to your sip, but Josh Gotsky gave me uh, this new booster pack of Ooh. magic cards. And I'm going to be, like, building decks around that. I'm really excited about some of these oh. new cards. They've got new things. Mark Neuer, you think he's a dirtbag, but he knows how to play magic, which means he's smarter than most of the people in this room. Uh, you're like, he plays magic the gathering? Like, he doesn't just pull his finger off like my uncle? Cool. Uh, no, like the, look at me, uncle. All right, I'm, right? Uh, I'm super, I'm super excited for your next comedian. Oh my gosh. So he recently moved here like, during the pandemic, but he used to be from Portland and that's where he met him. And he's so, so funny and I love him so much. Put your hands together, everybody. For Colin Braun, yay! Hello. Um, Hitler. Well, look, so. I noticed that a lot of people used to compare Trump with Hitler. And honestly, realistically, I don't think that was ever appropriate. Trump was never that thin. Someday I'm going to do that joke in a red state, and um, I will get shot. I don't know, actually. I think, you know, I think, um, actually, I think now's a good time to announce that I'm actually going to be retiring from doing stand-up comedy. Um, I have to. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm too happy to be funny. And um, I'm not happy about it either. I have to quit. I, I, I've loved doing this. Um, but the thing is that, you know, you can look through art history and you will not find a single great work made by a single happy person. Not one. All the writers, miserable. Vincent Van Gogh, who I honestly did not think someone else was going to do three minutes on today. The most brilliant painter to ever live. One of the most brilliantly depressed people to ever live. Known for his stunning, and I wrote this down and I knew I was going to forget it. For his bold, wavy impressions. And he painted that way. Because that's how he saw the world. Because his eyes were constantly filled with tears. And they weren't tears of joy for experiencing the beauty of God's creation. No. They were tears of painful 19th century depression. Which is nothing like our pussy ass 21st century depression. Where you get to get meds and go to therapy and eat right. 
19th century depression, you would go to your friend and say, I'm so sad constantly that it physically hurts and I want to die. And they'd say, well, you could pray more or you could smoke opium. Like, fuck. Where the hell do I find opium? But I was, I was super depressed, and that's when I started doing comedy. I've been doing this for three years, and still the best jokes I've ever written were, were from that first week when I was miserable. But in the last three years, I've gotten to FaceTime a doctor who prescribed me Adderall and taught me how to work on myself. <laughs> and Adderall, let me tell you, Adderall is an amphetamine. So not only does it give you the focus and the energy to actually fix yourself over time, it also kills your appetite. Thank you. So for th the last three years, I've just been losing this weight. And not only do I feel better than I ever have, but I also look better than I ever have. And people will come up to me. They'll say, Colin, my God, you look fantastic. You've lost so much weight. What is your secret? And I'll say, thank you. It's meth. Adderall gave me the energy to actually make my dreams come true. See, I was always so depressed that I set goals that were apparently very attainable. And now I'm in the unenviable position of having no more dreams left and having to just come up with new dreams. And I thought this was a unique thing, so I looked it up. Is this a phenomenon that exists? Having all your dreams come true and not knowing what to do next? Turns out it is. It's very well documented. It's called white privilege. And I highly recommend it. Uh, that is my time. My name is Colin Braun. Thank you very much. Colin Braun, everyone. Clap it up for him and his white privilege. Yeah. And his, out, and his shoes look great, too. Like, he's just a doll. Uh, your next comedian, I'm so excited to see her. I haven't seen her in a super long time. She's a super supporter of the station. Like, a year ago at this time, she came to an outdoor show that I was on and, like, it was very nice. Uh, she's super supportive and super lovely. Everybody, put it up. I know, I forgot your first name. Oh, you Vicky Causal. Vicky Causal, everyone! Yay! I think I can call myself a pandemic comedian because I started doing stand-up comedy during the pandemic. My first open mic was completely socially distanced, and I was the only aspiring comic there over the age of 25. <laughs> I think I have a talent. Not only I picked the worst time in my life to become a comedian, I also picked the worst time in human history. My terrible timing is extraordinary. It's a gift. Um, I am originally from Ukraine, and Ooh. people often wonder if I had culture shock when I first came here. And yes, I did have culture shock. I flew over from Ukraine, got off the plane. Everybody's speaking English, like everybody. I'd say that's the biggest cultural difference between Ukraine and the United States. Everybody speaks English here. It's good to be out of the house, finally. Uh, I feel energized. I didn't sleep that well during the lockdown. And here's what I found. If you're looking to improve the quality of your sleep, get a job because my best sleep happens right before I have to get up and go to work in the morning and by going to work I mean joining my stand-up meeting on zoom it's not a stand-up comedy meeting okay it's a work meeting 
They call it stand-up because everybody's required to stand during this meeting, even, <laughs> even when it's virtual. And to prove that you're standing, you have to have your video on. And my Zoom video is never on. And my manager's like, Victoria, how come your video is not on? All I can see is your avatar, which is, what is that image? An ocean or a cloud, some nebulous entity without particular shape? And I'm like, that is me. That's me at 8 in the morning. That's what I look like at 8 a.m. An ocean or a cloud that hasn't yet taken a particular shape. Yeah, but everything is virtual these days. Everybody's working from home, which is weird. You know, my entire team is remote now, and we never felt that close to each other. It's too close. We don't like it. I mean, have you ever taken your company Zoom meeting from your kitchen? What is your company doing in your kitchen? Are they joining you for dinner? Did they bring wine for the? What are they doing there? You know that uh, um, the last year, a famous publication here in the U.S. fired one of the writers for masturbating in his living room. Why? Where is he supposed to masturbate? And what were they doing in his living room? Now, here's the story the way I understand it. The guy exposed himself in his living room without realizing that his company Zoom meeting was still in progress and the cameras were still rolling. If you never had a glitch with your Zoom meetings, you can cast the first stone. I had a ton. How is this a crime? He didn't go to that publication's office and ruin their meeting by masturbating in their conference room, right? They came to his house and ruined his life. Where is he supposed to masturbate if not in the comfort of his living room? In his shower? What if he can't masturbate in his shower? What if his shower turns him off? He turns it on, it turns him off. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, everything is virtual now. My son stopped going to his physical school and started doing distance learning, and I finally figured out what distance learning is. Distance learning is learning that is happening somewhere out there in the distance, but not here in your child's head. Someone out there may be actually learning something because they are paying attention in class on Zoom and not playing video games on their television. Someone, but not my kid, he's too smart, he, he skipped high school and went directly to Grand Theft Auto University. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know if you noticed, kids were all over the internet last year. Everybody was bringing their kids to their Zoom meetings and their podcasts and their broadcasts and their videocasts. Literally, you couldn't open your computer without stumbling over someone's kid. But what did it for me was this viral video on YouTube. A family and their kid are doing hip hop dance. I guess it's a hip hop something modern. And the kid, I don't know what they did to this kid. He's only four, but he's an accomplished dancer. It's, it's creepy. When did he have the time? I, you know, I don't know how you feel. I find it a little too overwhelming, a little too much. Um, as a mom, I have a message to all the parents who are doing these online activities with their kids. Stop. Stop. Stop molesting internet audiences. Stop violating our screen time with your little ones. If you're looking to have quality time with your kids, can you please do it offline? Or if you must do it online, can you take it somewhere to the dark web, away from normal people? Thank you. Vicky Gozel, everyone! Vicky Gozel! And that's even more impressive, because it's like maybe the sixth time she's ever been up. Sixth, am I right? You're, are you over 10? More than that. 
three. Oh, see, I already have Vicky Gossel. Yay. Yay. I love new comedians. Next comedian, he's part of the festival. He's not new. He's been doing comedy a long time. He's going to make us laugh. I'm so excited. You guys, he's all the way from Boston. Put your hands together, everybody, for Sean Rosa. Hello. Thank you. Uh, I love sports. I love them now as an adult. As a kid, I hated them because that was just... I, I I hated them. Like I played little league, which was fraught for me because I was born with a lazy eye. Don't guess which one it is. They're both fine, and I'm avoiding eye contact with you. But my, the people who ran my little league team knew that I had a lazy eye, and they used it to get our little league team sponsored by Lens Crafters. Yeah. Yeah, they put my picture in the paper and said, look at this little disabled boy we're trying to help with his dreams. Lens Crafters sponsors this freak who thinks he has hopes. My dad loved sports. Uh, his favorite was basketball. He loved watching it, playing it. He was one of those unassuming white men can't jump types who would just school people half his age. And I... Wanted, I was a very depressed and desperate for approval kid, so I hatched a scheme to get my dad's approval by, I was gonna get good at basketball, I was gonna challenge my dad to a game of basketball, I was gonna beat him at basketball, and I would win his love. It is a foolproof plan, <laughs> as long as you are not a fool in which I was. <coughs> it is like, if you need to win your parents' affection, you're not going to do it, especially if they've never indicated that you need to win it. Like, and also, I was a, a, an eight-year-old white boy who, had who at that point did not watch basketball, so I was just like a monkey banging away at a typewriter hoping that Shakespeare came out the other end. Like, the only basketball thing that I knew about was the movie Space Jam, which was not the best strategy for coming up with real-world basketball offensive maneuvers. Like, I wasn't going to be like, okay, I'm going to dribble towards the baseline through a tunnel that I had painted on a brick wall. My dad is going to try to chase down for the block. Bam, smash right into the brick wall, st seeing stars. So I challenged my dad to a game of basketball, and one day he accepted, and so... I'm happy to say that he demolished me, just ab just unassailably just destroyed me. Like, at one point I was guarding him, I had my hands up in 10 and 2 like I was in driver's ed, and he sized me up, bounced the ball between my legs, causing me to fall backwards over, knocking the lens crafters off my face. And then he caught the ball with one hand as he ran around my de my desecrated corpse, caught the ball with one hand and dunked it, which at the time I was so just crestfallen and just distraught. But now I look back at that and I realize that was his way of saying, I love you more than words can express. That, yeah, that was his way of like, like it is like he won he at that point took the ball and bounced it off my forehead which was his way of saying you don't need to do this i love you no matter what 
you follow your own dreams. And that is a lesson I keep with me. Uh, I take with me in my heart and my mind and my forehead all the time. And that is why I now do stand-up comedy, which is an art form people take up when they are actively looking to reject their family's love. You might think I've been telling jokes, but really I'm just crossover dribbling away from affection. Uh, thank you very much. Let's give it back to Pam Benjamin. Check me out. Check me out. Yay! For Sean Rosa! Yay! I have also pushed away every relationship in my life for comedy. Yay! It feels so good. Uh, which is why in the audience, even when you're comedians, like clap and laugh because you know uh, we all want to live to see tomorrow because it's a big day. Uh, your next comedian, put your hands together. Oh, number 13. Ooh, so lucky. And Mercury's almost out of retrograde, dear God. I know the 17th, it finally stops. I mean, it's the day after the festival ends. Oh, <laughs> Put your hands together, everybody, for Wally Hippolito. The continuously big fat clips. Yeah, my throat doesn't feel like Sam Kennison's must have after a show. Yeah, so let's see how my set, everybody. Professionalism at its finest, you know what I mean? I love it, love it. How y'all doing tonight? Y'all got the energy of like a, like a dead DMV, and I love it. It's pretty good, pretty good so far. Shout out to Pam for hosting fucking Mutiny Radio and the festival. Holy shit. She's a fucking killer, man. Fucking killer. Um, I hate baby showers. I think baby showers are some of the dumbest things ever. Uh, word of advice, don't go to broke people's baby showers. You'll learn very quick where you stand with people when they're broke and then you go to a baby shower. So I went to one last week, right? I haven't seen these people in like a year. I didn't even know the bitch was having a baby. Uh, I was walking up, you know, excited to see, excited to hug. First thing they say to me, no present, no diapers. What? Are you fucking kidding me? No present, no diapers. I was like, oh, no, no, okay. Um, my, my present's actually coming through Amazon. Like, I, I got you guys. <laughs> it, it really wasn't but you got you got to lie to them right you got to lie to them and they said you know what they told me said you know what we're gonna hold your meal ticket then <laughs> a fucking meal ticket bro did i attend a fucking carnival just now what do you mean a meal ticket my man they say you know when you come up with the present like then we could talk about a meal i'm gonna get that fucking meal ticket bro I'm gonna get that meal ticket, you cheap, you cheap bastard. Oh my God, that made me so hot, dude. Honestly, I just left the party. I left and they said, no, we were just kidding. You, you could stay, like you could stay, but you just can't eat. And you, I said, you know what? You could go fuck yourself. But thank you though, I'm gonna, ha I'm, I'm, a, I'm a partake in this party. Man, it is crazy, man. It is crazy, you cheap motherfuckers. Like, if you needed my gift or my money, you shouldn't have had the fucking baby in the first place. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Like, I, I am halfway jobless right now. Halfway jobless. It doesn't look that way, but these are clothes from when I was 15. You know what I mean? So it's crazy, man. People are fucking wild. Crazy bitches. Um, but yo, it's, it's wild, right? We've been in COVID for almost two years. Can you believe that shit? Still dead as doorknobs, huh? All right. 
All right, we'll, we'll still rock with it. But yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, COVID has become, COVID is kind of like that side chick now that's still hanging around and wants to become the main girl. It's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. And then you, like, I thought we were just hanging out for a couple weeks. Now this bitch always has me in the house. Fucking crazy. <laughs> Cannot get rid of her, man. Cannot get rid of her. I have a minute left. And then questions start to pop up like, do you see this relationship going anywhere? Huh? Or... Can I meet your parents? What? You must be out of your fucking mind. And I'm Wally Hippolito, y'all. That's my time. Thank you very much. Wally Hippolito. Oh, yeah. Um, so just so you know, in San Francisco, since the beginning of the pandemic, there have only been 645 deaths. Just so everybody knows. Just saying. Uh, just so you also know, the opiate overdoses are three times that in the same amount of time. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? I'm just, it's, you know what? Sometimes it takes time plus tragedy to make comedy. Uh, your next comedian, I'm super excited to bring her up, and I'm excited that she's here, and thank you guys all for staying. We have a couple comedians left. And after that, run on over to Asiento and get a drink, because there's a comedy show happening, and it's really fun right now. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for Kavita Singh. Yay! <laughs> everyone um i had a long week i had a long week at work and i hate talking about work but i'm just gonna do it like a little bit today um i think like one of the hardest parts about work is the work but also just like the small talk that you always have to deal with like i hate small talk and pleasantries like you know, like, uh, like, where are you located? Like, they're always asking me, like, on Zoom, like, where are you located? Or, like, what's the weather like? And I think one of the things that I do is, like, you know, because you can't just be, like, who cares, right? So one of the things I try to do is, like, improv a little bit, like, just, like, practice improv. Like, my, my manager will be like, hey, what's the weather like over there? And I'm like, not good. Not good. <laughs> Tsunami came up the coast, took out the entire family. Yeah. One second I was cooking rice. Then I was, the next I was using my mom's body as a raft. You know, sometimes the dog, the dog survived though. Sometimes he looks at me like I took his owner away from him. But then I try to remember that even though I wasn't there for him, I could be the friend that he needs me to be. And then my manager is just like, wow, you wasted so much time. And I'm like, no, Keegan, it's yes and. <laughs> that took too long. All right, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I've just been like, I've been really anxious lately um, just because like I moved here um, a few weeks back and, you know, like adjusting to a new place is challenging. And I've been worrying about like whether or not like I'm, becoming an emotional vampire to my friends, right? Like I'm kind of like always dumping my problems on them or, you know, like when they talk to me, I'm like more distracted than usual. And it's because I'm an anxious person, but I try to try to reassure myself that like, they still keep me around, you know, like I do help them not make shitty decisions. And like, I do help them like, I don't know, with, with life advice. So I'd like to think of myself as Courage the Cowardly Dog, you know, like, even though he is terrified all the time, he still manages to save the people he loves without them ever knowing. No, no. All right. All right. Mm. 
Um, so I moved here to the, uh, to the, uh, to the West Coast three weeks ago. Um, I came uh, for my boyfriend. He was living on the West Coast. I was on the East Coast. Um, what did it for me was when he mentioned an open relationship. I was like, no way. There's no way I'm giving you an opportunity to find someone to replace me. Um, because I feel like there are very few times in which partners telling each other, I feel like we should see other people um, actually results in more commitment. You know, like my boyfriend like calls me three weeks down the line is like, hey, babe, I fucked this baddie. I miss you. Like, that's not that's not going to happen. Um, this guy, it, you know, he, he's he's actually like a really good guy. And I feel like given the string of shitty men that I've dated, he's kind of like a unicorn, which is unfortunate because like. I've grown up with such like model relationships, right? Like my bickering parents, like teenage dramas, right? Like Gossip Girl and 90210 and To Catch a Predator. But like, yeah, like I feel like those teenage like dramas like shaped my like perception of like what a healthy relationship is and they're and it's it's that shit's toxic right like there's always like one bad guy he's like the sexy bad boy with a dark secret and like who needs therapy and then like the smart and caring girl who like is ready to ruin her life you know and the script always goes the same it's it's always like the guy's like i can't be with you because i'm a bad guy elena i'm a bad guy who does bad things and then the girl's just like well maybe you could try being better and then the guy's just like no you see the writers aren't creative enough this is the only compelling plot line that can last us eight seasons <laughs> all right that's all i have for you guys thank you <laughs> Kavita, everyone! Kavita Singh! Captivating! We got three comics left. Put your hands together for your next one, everybody. Rahul Swami! Yay! What's up, you guys? Just want all five people on the radio right now to know that this is an audience full of a thousand people. Yeah, there we go. So I should retire right now. That's the loudest I can probably be getting. Um, yeah, it's good to be in the city. I'm uh, traveling from New York City. And uh, these days I'm like timing myself on how quickly into a conversation I mention that I'm from New York City. It's usually after I do something really bad, you know? But like cut someone on traffic, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm just from New York. Like this is just how we do things. Um, yeah, but you know, I don't really miss the city that much. You know, I was walking around San Francisco. You know what I'm talking about, Kavita? Yeah. Yeah, so I was like walking around San Francisco and uh, it smells like shit as well. Everything smells yeah. like shit. Just like New York, it's very much at home. But like the shit here is way better quality though. Like the fiber quality, that the fiber content you guys are being intaking, it's still up there. All the kombucha is gonna help somewhere, right? All right, that's the new to the city bit. <laughs> so uh, I was walking in the street, and this girl approaches me. And OK, firstly, it's made up already. Like, <laughs> girls are not approaching me like that. Uh, all right, I'm going to switch it up. So I was doing yoga, right? And this yoga teacher approaches me. Slightly more believable, yeah, for a man of my looks. Yeah, and uh, this yoga she's like, she's, she's white female, right, just background. And she's like, uh, you got to stop misappropriating white culture with your man bun. 
Like, damn. Tabitha, please. Love that one. Like, wait till you hear about my belly button and my kombucha addiction. Like, I just want people in the radio to know the audience are like smiling very much. <laughs> like, a lot of smiles. Like, very, very charming. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, can I have my namaste back? It's, it's uh, namaste, not namaste. I feel like a lot of people think namaste means something deep, like my, let my soul touch your soul, namaste. Well, let me tell you, all right? I feel like this is my stage, all right? I'm here to clarify. Namaste means hello. That is it. There's nothing more to it. But, you know, don't want to. After Savasana, you never know what you need. That's a very niche yoga jokes that some people get. So, yeah, I'm like uh, furnishing my new place and I'm kind of broke. So I went to the one place you go. Yeah, exactly. Craigslist. You got me, Kavita. Um, so, yeah, there's a listing for a nightstand that I'm really excited about. All right, to be fair, it says one nightstand. Um, yeah, it doesn't have much description and I'm going to pick it up later tonight. So, let's see how that goes. Um, all right, so I got less than a minute. I'll do that one. So I've been um, I've been addicted to Instagram, right? So it's like a lot of you guys, I'm sure. So, but I recently deleted Instagram two weeks ago, and I'm detoxing and I'm thinking about it. You know, like being addicted to Instagram is just like being addicted to cocaine. I'm talking about like back then I would do anything for a good gram. All right, thank you guys. <laughs> Awesome. Keep your hands clapping, everybody. Bowls, Swami, yay! We've got two comics left, and then I'm gonna pack up, and we're gonna go up to Asiento and watch the rest of that show, which is like I keep hearing them, I keep hearing them clap, and I'm like, I'm so excited, I'm around the corner. I'm sorry, it's exciting because I hear them clapping, and I'm a half a block away. So, it, but you guys are here, and you're important, and you're gonna listen to each other, and it's gonna be amazing. And put your hands, oh, your next comedian, he brought me magic cards. You know, here's the thing. Like, comedians are usually soulless monsters, but not this one. Like, he is so kind. He, like, brought a sweet gift for me. And it, he's, it's not even like he's hitting on me. He has a girlfriend. He's just a kind, considerate comedian. And also very funny. Put your hands together, everybody, for Josh Kotsky. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Fuck the Dodgers. Uh, I gotta say, my least favorite Dodger, the artful Dodger. He took Oliver Twist, led him into a life of crime. Some bullshit. Um, I don't give a fuck about the Giants-Dodgers thing, though. Uh, I'm an A's fan. Literary jokes. I'm an A's fan. Um, just real quick, just want to say, like, R.I.P. Ray Fossey, longtime broadcaster of the Oakland A's, just died. He is my it was my favorite broadcaster because of his post-game interviews. A lot of people, when they interview other people, will ask them questions and then expect an answer in return. Uh, he would not. He would give you the answer as part of his question. He'd be like, all right, I'm here with Eric Chavez. Now, Eric, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, two outs, down by one, two strikes. You've seen two fastballs in a row. You know the curveball's coming. How ready were you for that curveball? He'd be like, ah, very ready for it. 
Like every every question he asked was like he was giving a monologue and then learned he was playing Jeopardy. He'd be like, God, that looks so exciting. Uh, actually, we're gonna need that in the form of a question. Uh, how excited were you? All right. Uh, I like Pam said because she knows my life. Oh my God. Uh, I am dating a lady. I have an Asian girlfriend, and we're gonna be moving in together soon. So we're gonna be having an Asian Jewish household, which means that you have to take your shoes off when you come in, but you can complain about as much as you want. Um. <laughs> I should probably remember the rest of these, huh? Uh, <laughs> right? Oh, here we go. Um, to do, yeah, so I'm trying to learn. Like, she speaks Cantonese. Uh, I'm trying to learn it. She doesn't think I can. I think I can with ease, all right? Uh, uh, she's taught me how to say, like, hello, goodbye, how are you? I've forgotten all of them. The one that I have remembered is si fut long which means butthole. Yeah, that's the only one I remember. It's so much fun to say, like, see foot long, see foot long, five, $5, dollar, $5, see foot long, any, any, any. It's the best. Foreign swear words are so much fun because you can say them to people to their face with no consequences because either they don't know what you're saying and they don't give a fuck, or they do know what you're saying, and they're a little offended, but they think you're bilingual, which is a great ego boost. Uh, the only issue is that whenever she teaches me a phrase, I get like really excited about the phrase, I say it all the time, and then I f remember the phrase, but I forget the meaning, and then every time her parents come by, they're like, jo I'm not gonna do accents, because them. Uh, they're like, Joshua. Uh, what did our, our lovely baby girl teach you this time? I'm gonna be like, uh, Ling Loi, Sifa Long, uh, I, I just scratch that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope they'll be offended by that. I think that means like, pretty girl butthole. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll do this next one quick. Uh, a <laughs> A buddy of mine uh, asked me, like, hey, uh, we should go out. Uh, like, we, we haven't seen you in forever. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that. And he comes, he asks me all these really nice questions, like, Josh, how are you doing? Uh, are, are, you, are you healthy? Like, everything's good? You have a great job? And I'm like, yeah, everything's great. Everything's going so well. He was like, oh, I don't know if you knew this, but I just started selling life insurance. And I'm like, you were just, you just want to make sure I wasn't going to kill myself anytime soon. Like, you're just trying to sell me shit. I do not want good life insurance, okay? I feel like the better the life insurance you get, the more likely the last words you hear are, the last words you say are, what are you doing with that pillow? All right, that's, uh, that's it. Thanks, y'all. Josh Kotsky! His rap album is going to be coming out, and it's called Pretty Girl Butthole. Uh, it, I almost, like, I know that sometimes when I laugh, I pee just a little, but the Pretty Girl Butthole thing, like, I literally am holding my pee together. I'm an old woman. We have one last comedian, and I'm super excited to bring her up, and I'm excited every time she's here. Put your hands together, everybody, for the Neighborhood Witch! Pam, we're going to have to get this shit together. I want that black shit when I'm up here. Fine, I'll take it. Just this once, I want City Girls and Megan the goddamn stallion next time I'm up in here. Okay. Ah! There are Pam, Miss Pam. Anywho, I'm just gonna try out a couple of jacks. Okay, Sam. 
Before I have a question for you ladies, have you ever found out that the guy you've been flirting with, like, it's only two girls in here, um, like, got bitches? Like, you're not the only bitch they fuck with? Y'all ain't hearing me. For instance, my homie pulled out his phone, right? Mind you, we're just friends, but I'd fuck, period. Um, so I'm a nosy motherfucker, and one day I looked over at his phone, and it unlocked, and I saw my name, and all it said was Janae Comedy. And I was like, ain't that about a bitch? Like, that's not fair. So he started, he was like, well, what's wrong? Like, what's the problem? I said, ain't nothing wrong. I just had you in my phone under Larry. I want to take that Dick Dorsey. <laughs> I, I guess our feelings were a little, uh, how'd you say, um, unalike. Because you really don't know what page you on with a man until you see what your contact is in his phone. A lot of you bitches texting a dude right now got a pink heart, a tongue, and a ring emoji by his name with a picture. Um, fuck around and call him one day, and, and you're right there, and you'll see how much you mean to his ass. I called a dude once when we were in a car. I'm sneaking and shit, right, so he won't see. And that shit popped up as Auntie Charnetta. Right. He didn't even look at me. He kept driving and was like, I wonder what she want. I could, I could not believe that shit. Like, you punk motherfucker, but it's good, though, because his brother was in the backseat, and when I called him, it said Pastor Boyd. And in other words, he loves missionary, baby. I know that's right, Ty. So another one I want to try out. I literally just wrote these all what's in here. So I said, um, am I the only woman that hates sports? Because I do. I think they're pointless. And I feel like if motherfuckers want to pass around a pig all day, just put me in a room and handle your business. Um, because I was trying, I just know one thing. Like, if y'all trying to make it to the one yard line, like, I'm your girl, period. So the real issue is who is going to make it to the touchdown. Oh, I butchered that, but it's good. We can have one mother. I was like, we can have one person eating my pussy and whoever does the worst. If that's a technical, baby. It's a technical on the play. If a motherfucker tries to interfere with the next man's play, I'm throwing a flag at that nigga. And if I'm doing that bad down there, get one of the motherfucking running backs to get out of here. Period. So I just wanted to try out those new chucks. I'm just them together. Yay for the neighborhood witch, everyone. That was amazing. So thank you all for being at our open mic tonight. I'm excited that we're getting out of here early because the show at Asiento is happening. I'm going to go over there and watch the rest of it, and I'm really excited to do so. So I'm going to pee. But thank you so much for being here. And your new haircut thing is happening. It looks great. The whole situation is lovely. Uh, and join us. We'll be back next week. And everything will be normal again. The festival is going until tomorrow. There's so much going on. There's tonight. We still have two more shows or one more show. Uh, at OMG tonight at 8, and then tomorrow, stuff all day. I get to open up the Noise Pop Block Party at noon on their main stage at 19th Street, and then we have shows at Atlas at 2 and 3.30, Milk Bar 4 and 6, and OMG at 8 o'clock. So join us tomorrow. Thanks all for being here. Yay, bye. Hi, hello. Awake from thy sleep. 
This is Mutiny Radio. Stand by. There will be sounds shortly, 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 shortly. And welcome to the Gates of Delirium. With me, your host, Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd. It's Wednesday night at 6 o'clock here in the Mission District of San Francisco, California. And it's time for the Gates of Delirium. A two-hour excursion into the joyous fringes of the progressive rock genre here on MutinyRadio.fm. Tonight we will be listening exclusively to my favorite artist, Jethro Tull. I'm going to be concentrating mostly on the lesser known, lesser known gems of his repertoire. Tonight will be from 1970 to 1976. There will be a selection of Juicy Bits. Right now we're listening to Hand Dance from 1976's Vince Wrong the Gallery. This is the last song on the second side, as a matter of fact. Often overlooked. Not here at the Gates of Delirium, where we plumb the depths of the Progressive Rock Archive. Once again, my name is Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd. I'll be your host this evening. Here we're going to move on with our first selection this evening. This is from the Benefit album. And the Mouse Police Never Sleeps. You are listening to Mutiny Radio.fm. Oh, 
Sleeps the mouse, 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 sleeps the mouse,